Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm uh, you're not. You're not Jay. <laughs> I'm Lexi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Lex? Let's go. It's been a couple years since you've been on the podcast. One of our uh, most requested guests. Really? I get more emails saying we want you don't go. Let, don't let this go to your head. Oh, sorry. Uh, we get. <laughs> we want to see more of Lex. Um, mainly because you come from a very different perspective. That's true. I mean, and everybody loves Lexi. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, Just joking. Get, so if someone's a new listener, yeah. who, who are you? How are you related to Jay? Okay. I'm Lexi. I'm Jay's wife. And, um, yeah. Jay was on the episode the last couple times. My, our, my co-host. Yep. His co-host is um, ride or die. He, Surf uh, companion. He had uh, he had a lot to share uh, that I was pleasantly surprised from the outside, from the surf buddy uh, yeah. hanging out vacation. It was uh, it was apparent that there was a raft patch couple years, but it's always hard to put your finger on it, right? Like yeah. I don't have to. I don't get. I don't have to live with them. Right. Is that a right, okay to say? <laughs> I don't get to. I yeah. lived with them on surf trips. That's why I did this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, but you know, lots of job changes. There's a lot of COVID going, like there's a lot yeah. of crap going on Yeah. last couple of years. Actually, but when was the last time I, so was that like we, we looked 2018 it up, or something? We looked it up last time and I forget, but, oh. uh, if you're curious, you can talk for a little bit and I'll pull up and tell you. No, it's fine. Okay. I mean, I think it was at been least, a while. At yeah. least two and a half years. Yeah. It was, oh no, it was beginning of 2020. Yes. It was February, 2020. Okay. And he and I had gone like a couple months not doing it. Yeah. And then we're like, we're doing 20 episodes in 2020. And this is February. And then March came and, and the then world shut down. shut down. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And then yeah, so it's been a while. And we got a little chaotic. Yeah. Um, I want to start off with a music song video. Got to turn off airplane mode to get that on there. And that you had sent to me. And I want you to tell me why you sent that to me. Yep. Why we listened through it. I might have to rewind a little bit. Let's hope the audio comes out good. Perfecto. This is your channel. Yeah. Little HBO ad yeah, on there. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot. <laughs> three or four seconds. All right. Gotta love the ads. Not Miley Cyrus. <laughs> no, it's her sister. Oh, it is really? Yeah. Oh. You are overly sensitive, so won't say much. But my heart is pulled into pieces whenever you're poured up. You What's the name of the song? Mr. Perkisette. Why is this hitting for you? <laughs> well, she talks about how she doesn't recognize him when he's using, basically. And then she kind of talks about how she just wishes that, you know, he was the person that she was when they, when they first met. Yeah. That rings true for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ups and downs, too. Like, anybody, I mean... I feel like alcohol or any kind of substance abuse, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of like ups and downs. So it's like really good, and then it's really bad. 
It just can, it could just go down in the tube in like two seconds. She, uh, she kind of talks about the ups and downs of that too. But yeah. Yeah, when I first heard it, I just, it stood out to me because Mr. Percocet, and that's obviously what he was addicted to. Okay. And at the time when the I name, first. The name, like, yeah. rung. And then when, when, when I first heard this song, he was actually, it was like right after surgery. So he was taking, you know, he was on painkillers again. So, So yeah. I'm going to play that out there in the yeah. back. Um, so, yeah. So if we rewind, um, first time you were on the podcast uh, when we first started this, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing that stood out to me strongly was when Jay, Jay shares it all the time that uh, early in your marriage, you rolled over in bed one time and you're like, <laughs> I hate you and I want a divorce. And he's, and he's like, that's the best thing that ever happened to me, which isn't like the one thing you want to hear from anyone. No. It should be your wife. That <laughs> yeah. They hate you and they want a divorce. Totally. But that was a bottom that the, the line was crossed. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can go back and listen to the episodes of those earlier ones. Yeah. But then uh, he just celebrated 10 years uh, from walking. Uh, I don't know if he walked from 10 walking in to get his first chip, but yeah. the first day of sobriety yeah. in a 12-step meeting. Um, but the last two and a half years wasn't, uh, was a little more roller coastery yeah. than previous. For sure. And uh, that's, he went in, I, I was actually, I, I was curious because uh, sometimes when, when uh, he's not in the best mood, you just don't dive too deep. <laughs> yeah. A little overly sensitive totally. and, uh, um, uh, yeah, so you just you keep it on the surface level. Yeah. And I imagine that's the same in marriage. Well, so I think that's how it was. That's how it was for a long time. Okay. In fact, I when I was looking through, um, I don't think it's actually on there. It's on one of my photos. I'm just going to read it. I told it. you to send me I good know, I know, I know. Okay. Um, but it basically says... Um, and I think I wrote this on my Instagram, but it says, if Alanon has taught me anything, it's that my life doesn't have to consist of walking on eggshells because I'm scared of how someone else deals with their emotions. And that's basically like how we lived for our first like 10 years of marriage, pretty much. And, and that is even like with recovery there, like that was with spurts of like really solid recovery too. So but someone's I think listening because to of this and I doesn't was. know you and it, yeah. you know, they only know you from right. Instagrams yeah. or uh, the podcast. Yeah. Like you got your shiz together. Like totally. you're Alan <laughs> girl. Like that's why they request you like, yeah. Hey, what, you know, how do you do it? Lex walk me through it. My husband just dropped this bomb or my wife or yeah. my son or whatever, but this has been a journey. Yeah. It's been a huge journey. And I think honestly too, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe one of my talents is happiness. Yeah. So I think for a long time, I, I kind of was just like writing off of that. Like I could kind of just like swipe it away or n not think about it. And then I would just be like, Oh, we're just going to be happy. Like I'll just be happy. You could live in the now. Yeah. And I can just like get through this. But I think as like the year started kind of compiling up, I actually realized like the more time that went on, how actually unhealthy I was and how much like I still was not healing. There was like a lot of like unhealthy behaviors like on my side still. And so. But you're not an opiate addict. No. But so um, I've heard, you know, like this is their problem, not mine. Right. Why do I need to. Yeah. 
why do I need to do any work? It's once they're fixed, then yeah. my life's fine. Totally. That's, that's like a huge part of Al-Anon. Okay. It's like basically most people that come to Al-Anon are because their happiness is depending on someone else's actions. And when you realize like you really can't control someone else's actions and then you're kind of left to your own demise, you're like, oh crap. You kind of see your own part in it a lot more. Whereas before, before I came to Al-Anon, it was like, it was still very much like um, when Jay's happy, things are great. When Jay's not in a good place, like things are crappy on my end for sure. I, but I would never say it, you know, like these were just like resentments, like building up, like just about ready to pop off. <laughs> So you said over the last 10 years yeah. and then did they kind of bubble to the surface uh, picture of yeah. Jay had a surgery yeah. a couple years ago. So, yep. There he is in all its glory after his surgery. No. Yeah. But, um, so was this a bubbling over point? I think so. Yeah. So prior, prior to the surgery, because of like the neck pain and everything he was experiencing. And I think you guys know this as well. I think he shared this. He was on Kratom for a while. He did not talk about that. Okay. Well, I'm I remember sure the text he sent me and said, dude, this stuff's amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not opiate, but I it's the same thing. Almost, I had a picture of us in the car mm -hmm. and we were, it's like a video of us driving out of the beach. I remember the first time he took it and it's like the song. He was so happy mm -hmm. and he was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much pain. And he, you know, he's like singing in the car to his favorite song and I'm, I'm stoked. I'm like, oh cool. And then, and then as the months kind of went on, I was like, oh dude, this is, this is not good. And so that was leading up to his surgery. And then it was like, so he was on Kratom and then he went and got surgery and then he got on pain meds. And so by the time he had been on pain meds, like for maybe like a month, like I was toasted. Like I was in not a good headspace at all. Uh, because of the worry of where is this going to lead or yeah, his and reaction I, to them and like his change behavior? Um, I think it's just like his change behavior. I think, and then a lot of fear too, for like on my side, like a lot of fear that I didn't share with him that like, this is, this is going to go how it was before, you know? And then like, I, I got so caught up in the fear because like before when things were way crazy, like, you know, Rusty was 18 months old mm -hmm. and I, w I hadn't even had Avery yet. Like sh I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, oh shoot, we have four, four kids now and they're old enough to like understand like what's happening, you know? So like uh, just friend wise, when anyone is in recovery, like the danger of relapse is huge, right? Yeah. So that, um, but like not knowing what question to ask, yeah. like where's too much? Like, is, is it my business what the doctor tells totally. you? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but, but that was as a friend, that was a concern of like, Oh, Oh, like, yeah. Is that a danger? Like, you know, soft sure. ask the question, but yeah. um, were those hard questions you asked or like how, when this went down you're like, okay, it's not creative, but you said you saw like, I guess my question is if, if the fear was we're going down this path again yeah. and that path's going to be a lot harder to get off. Right. Yeah. Did, did you address that or I, was that where you were bottling up? I think a lot of the times, like I read about the eggshells, it was like at that point, and I guess you can say my own recovery, I had done the steps before. Yeah. Like, and so in my own mind, I thought I had done recovery. So in, in my mind, I'm still thinking like a lot of the pressure I still was putting on him. And so it was like, I didn't want to make him upset. 
I didn't want to make him overwhelmed with stress. So here I am carrying the load of being a mom and all the four kids, which is what a lot of moms experience, just like the overwhelmingness of raising children. Stop. And then so but then I'm also trying to make his life a lot easier by if I am upset or I do have questions about these things and I don't want to piss him off to not bring it up. And so then that's the eggshell part. Right. And so then I'm just sitting there overly thinking about it overly. And that's why that that is like where Alan comes from, because it's more in the mind. It's more like how much space and occupancy is this taking up in my own mind with, you know, because that is um, and Alanon is the companion of AA. Of AA yeah. And, and it's for the loved ones. Yeah. So actually members. Bill and Bob's wife, they are the ones that created this program because they were like, oh crap, we need something too. Like this is, that's why they call it a family disease. It's not just affecting the alcoholic, you know. And Christian, it's not always, it's it's very multi-layered and very yeah. multi, because it's not just like taking care of the worry of relapse right. or dealing with a surgery yeah. or something like that. It's also sometimes there's a lot of wreckage caused by addiction. Totally. And then they get recovery and they literally, like, you're great. Yeah. They're like uh, off to the races. Off to the know? races. Everything's yeah. great. Okay. I got this behind me. I'm doing the steps. Totally. And then the, the, the wreckage. wreckage left behind yeah. needs to be addressed. That is, that is for a lot of Al-Anon people who don't address it while it's happening. That's okay. why they created Al-Anon. Cause it's like, Hey, you can't control what this person is doing, but you can definitely control your own mind, your own reactions, your own happiness. Like you have to take care of yourself. And I think that's what happens, especially with wives. And I think too, like mothers, like of addicts, like that I've seen in our meeting, like you take on this, like very, um, enabling role. Like you, you do, you just want to make their life like easier so that they don't relapse or they don't get overwhelmed or they don't think about going back to using. And so too much pressure yeah, on, then it might be the straw that came back, back and you don't responsible for that. Yeah, totally. And so you're just, you know, you're, you're basically making yourself miserable to make other people happy. And I think, and I think honestly, like when I look back in my journey of it all, like I'd been doing that in most of my relationships that I've had prior to Jay. And that's why I always say in my meetings, like when I share, like if I wouldn't have married Jay, I would have married someone just like him because I was a savior. Like savior complex. Yeah, a savior complex. Like, oh, you look like you're in crisis. Let me help you. And then I'll lose myself in the process. Like that was literally most of my relationships. So. So um, what, is there been phases of how Al-Anon has helped you? So honestly, it's kind of crazy. Like when I look back, because I, so we, um, use the healing through Christ workbook. It looks like this. I probably should have sent you a picture and I will. I can hold up. Yeah. Can put a link. So this is, we'll put a link to so it. so if you're a member of the church, Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, we have our 12 step meetings are called yeah. ARP. Yeah. The 12 steps and they're very generic for all addictions. Yeah. Um, from substance to behavior. Yeah. And, uh, uh, our version of Al-Anon, um, is this is actually, actually not affiliated with the true, church. That's true. But, so, but the, but healing through Christ is its own organization. And basically what they did was they took Al-Anon works, which is the actual AA or sorry, the Al-Anon like workbook. Yeah. And then they took like references from prophets and like quotes and stuff and from scripture. And they basically combined the two, which, which is Really, like pretty cool. The church should have done it. I know. But we 
they might get there. Might get there. Yeah. But this is what the church, the church did because church members did it. Right. Like, yeah. They were church members that have their own company now. And like, so like president Evanson, he buys like 20 of these every couple weeks, every so couple it's, months. It's like a workbook. Yeah. Uh, uh, encompassing Alan, mm-hmm. but you still use Alan on. Yeah. So, so when I, people ask on our social media, right. like, what do I do? I've mm-hmm. always refer to Alan works. Yeah. And some people are like, but I'm not an alcoholic or, or yeah. my spouse or my husband it's all the same. or my kid. They're not alcoholic. Right. What do you say to that? It's all the same. It's literally all the same. Come on. Like food's not as bad as alcohol. Porn's not as bad. I mean, like, honestly, like, a, like food, sex, overspending. I even have used this because I, I'm definitely an overspender. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, why do I feel the need to overpurchase or get in these modes where I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my life. So then I just get online and buy a bunch of crap I don't need, you know, like it's literally it's for Amazon's everything. Fault, oh my fault. gosh. Amazon <laughs> gets me every Prime. time. <laughs> Target too, it all, <laughs> all of it. But, um, so yeah, so like we had had that book for a while and yeah. I had been reading it and I thought like, I thought that I had been in recovery, but it wasn't until that summer. So like, you know, Jay's off, he's kind of in and out of, out of work. I'm hanging out with, after COVID, I had hung out with like a ton of girls that were like non LDS and, but they're all like in, go through any photos you want to share that relate to that. They were all in recovery. So I guess you could say, where's the one? Oh, that's me. Oh, there's my sponsor. So like at that point, this is me that summer. I just remember like waking up and I don't know why I took a picture of myself, but <laughs> I just remember waking up feeling like super empty. And I knew at that point that I was like not this, in recovery. This, this for like this time yeah. right here. And I'm, and at this point I'm facilitating our meetings, you know, like we're reading out of the book, but like I actually hadn't I actually hadn't started the steps out of the Al-Anon program because I had already done them out of ARP. So in my mind, I was like, well, I've already done this step. So like, I'm sure this is just a phase. It's, it's because it's gone to a certain point. And then all these girls that had been in recovery that I had met at Doheny, I, I became really close with one of them. And I just remember like every time I'd hang out there at the beach, like I would talk about Jay and like how overwhelmed and just like how stressed I was and da, 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 da. And, and she was like, it sounds like you needed to redo your steps. It sounds like you need a new sponsor. Cause at that point I hadn't talked to my sponsor that I had done the ARP steps with for years. Like, you know, like it was literally one of those things where I was like one and done. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, I checked this off. I'm good. How ironic. It's very similar on the other side of the coin of the yeah. addict. I did the steps. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I don't know why I'm struggling, but maybe cause they're not continuing to totally do the steps. So then that was like an eye opening. Cause I'd already, you know, like your intuition kind of guides you. Like I'd already felt like I, kind of needed to start or like actually do the Al-Anon steps, but what I was, was just lazy. What, what was pushing you back? Like what was, so you have like the, you know, the devil and yeah. the angel thing. Like, I, you I think it was pride. Hey, I think it. it was just pride. It was just kind of like, I don't feel like I want to do this again. I don't want to redo my four step because your four step is your inventory where you like go over your whole life. And I kind of felt like, man, I already rehashed. Like, do I have to rehash that? And then when I was talking to my friend, it just like, it was, it was like basically God's way of saying like, okay, it's time. And so that's when I Valley, my, my sponsor, and she doesn't care if I use your name. Cause most, it's not usually like you're supposed to talk about it, but, um, people get permission. It's yeah. Kosher. Yeah. So she knew I was doing the podcast and I was like, I don't think I'll be able to not say your name. Cause she's like <laughs> you such a huge her. part of my life now, but it's first name. Yeah. 
So I talked to her and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm really feeling like the need to like restart the steps and I need a new sponsor. Would you want to sponsor me? And then, um, she said yes. And then I just like dove straight in and I was like, Whoa, I can't believe I haven't been doing this. And I was able to immediately. See, yeah. Immediately. Like step one, just like step one and Al-Anon basically goes through like every feeling that you've ever had, like anger, resentment, um, emotional. Sometimes like all of a sudden you're just like crying all the time. You don't know why overwhelmed, like anxiety, like there's just so many. And I was like literally checking off every single one of them as I was reading it. it, it and, and that sounds like you don't need to have a loved one in a horrible place no. to benefit from that. No. Yeah. I, and I think, but I think too, as like those are all amazing things yeah, to overcome. Totally. That a human condition. I think that as women too, like, and as moms, not that I'm saying men don't it's fine. get like that. But I think as women, you do take on such a, like this caretaker role that you don't take care of yourself. You don't take care of your emotional needs. You don't take care of your physical needs, your spiritual needs. Like they all start going wayward because you're so focused on trying to get everyone else under control. Right. And then you finally realize, like, I always use the airplane analogy of, like, the oxygen, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like... The oxygen on everyone else first. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're going to pass out because you didn't even take oxygen and everyone else, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, that's that's kind of like, like, that was, like, the catalyst that really started my journey. And then I realized, like, how much of it was actually my problem. So that walk, sounds weird. walk but. through uh, if... If you were living like you, you're living somewhere else yeah. where there isn't uh, act, you know, there isn't a infrastructure that you know about mm-hmm. for doing this yeah. and you have a loved one that's struggling with addiction, yeah, husband, wife, whatever, and you're feeling out they're feeling all those things. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them to do so that they could have, and we're only talking about just doing the first couple steps right yeah. now. So going to a meeting uh, I and, think and getting a sponsor and doing the steps. Yeah. Does this book have steps in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're twelve. They're they're the exact same steps as like AA. Is, like the, the step work are yeah. in there. That, yeah. Okay. Okay. The 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 first step, like it is in AA, is just getting honest with yourself. Is your life unmanageable? Like, are in your mind are things unmanageable in your mind? Because sometimes they don't look unmanageable. Like. I mean, to the outside world, maybe not you because you're really close with our family. Like you could probably see that, that we were struggling. Maybe you couldn't, I don't know. But I think it's one of those, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're scripturally, we don't judge other people, Yeah. but we're like, it's not, it's not go. It, it seemed like the path wasn't going in the same direction. It was previous years. Yeah, totally. Like there had been a shift Mm -hmm. in direction, I guess is probably the, the better. Yeah. Um, and I think too, it's like, it. it's like, I, I was so good at putting on the brave face or being like, yeah, things are kind of crazy right now, but it, it's fine. Yeah. I saw my favorite word. It's fine. It's like all going to be fine. But I really wasn't fine inside. Like I was literally like freaking out. <laughs> so, and, and that's hard to share with a bunch of normies, right? Yeah. So it's hard to explain that. Cause they're just like, you know, they're like, and, oh. and it's hard for a normie to receive it. Cause like, we don't have any answers, solutions. Yeah. Ours is yeah. like, we'll just tell them to stop. <laughs> yeah. Can't they just not do that anymore? Yeah. But so, so what would you do? How would you get a, do you know? Um, like, you, like you can Google li- Al-Anon. Literally you can get all of this stuff on Amazon. Yeah, so you get this book. Amazon goes anywhere. Okay. So yeah. you can order this book on. You can order that book. Okay. I have a, you can, if you don't have a meeting anywhere, you can come to the meeting that I do. I have a, you, uh, you know, I should have gave you the you link to that. Zoom? 
Zoom. Still, you're still doing Zoom. Zoom and in person. So like it's every Thursday. We'll, we'll put that link. You yeah. ready to open that up? Yeah. Okay. Then what if like 50 people, 100 people It'll show up? It'll be amazing. Okay. So we'll put that link in our, yeah. our bio. And if you're listening. It just changed. So that was actually good. because your OG listener to the podcast. Uh, there's usually notes on there. Yep. And if you're missing some of these pictures, go to our YouTube channel. Just search don't up have to look at this 12 one. Steps to Change. You're in charge of it. 12 <laughs> Steps to Change on YouTube. Um, we just got a couple on there right now. You can put the serenity prayer up there. We can but, talk about that next. But we're, we're actually Google, or sorry, YouTube uh, suggested it, you know, like you yeah. search 12 steps. So you might be able to find it. It's our logo on there. Um, so we can Honestly, order, you can this, order that book. Yeah. It could be in your house in a day or two. Yeah. What about going to a meeting? Um, I uh, think. Like if you're in, we have other countries, right? Yeah. And different time zones. Honestly, Al-Anon, the Al-Anon program is amazing. Like there is meetings everywhere. Just the other day I was looking up at Al-Anon in Orange County. There's one every single day, sometimes two a day. And they're all at different churches. So, um, and, and that lady that you talked to, Doheny, she goes to a traditional yeah. Al-Anon meeting, right? She goes to traditional. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and it, I would recommend, cause I went the Canyon club down Laguna mm-hmm. beach. Like yeah. it's a huge building in Laguna Canyon that some wealthy folks donated the, la- uh, bought the land, donated yeah. it. And it, there's meetings running all day, all night there from Al-Anon to AANA, like yeah. they're all there. Yeah. But I, Listen, I'm the Norman. I was scared to death to walk in. I walked in there and I'm like, and they're like, hey, can I help you? Um, And I'm like, what do I say? You know, this is like five, six years ago when we first started this. And I I just told a couple people, I'm like, hey, here's the like, great brother, come (laughs) here. And it's the most welcoming community ever. Uh, And it doesn't matter what faith you are because like you, you worship crystals or you worship Jesus Christ. Like great, that's your higher power. Higher power is. And, uh, and. I think I can't speak for all, but most are probably well versed to say, like my husband may, or my wife or my kid may not be an alcoholic, yeah. but he's an addict. And if you're thrown off by the word alcoholic in this book, yeah. like it says alcoholic, it alcoholic, does, alcoholic, yeah. Yeah. you just, what do you replace in your mind when you read that? Yeah. You, I, that's, that's usually what I tell people that, uh, maybe don't want to affiliate with the healing through Christ workbook. Um, or if they're dealing with some, I don't know. It's kind of funny because some people are like, well, what if I don't have like an addict in my life? I'm like, well, you just replace if if you're struggling with depression, then you just replace the alcoholic word with depression. Whatever it is that you're getting tripped up on, like the 12 steps, like any 12 step program is going to literally heal you if you do it. If you are like honest and if you do the steps, cause like the steps are actually so easy. It's just like a reading. And then you answer a bunch of questions. If you're like really honest when you're answering your questions, like you're going to find the answers to why you're that way in the first place. And you're going to find the answers to know how to change it. It takes a lot of practice though. Like a lot of practice. It's a journey. Yeah. It's not one and done. Like I just like, feel like, like, like I'm like just want- now kind of like really getting it. And I've, and I've been like, I mean, I've been like hardcore for like at least a year and a half, like really hardcore, like every day I'm reading. What does that, what does that mean? So every day I do my dailies every day is, um, Go ahead, scroll yeah, through. yeah, that, that's a great one. Kay. We can talk about that. Um, every day I wake up and I surrender and, and I, at the beginning when I used to just surrender, it was just kind of like saying it, like maybe I didn't even feel that way, but I would just be like, God, like, just help me surrender whatever is your will for me, like, uh, like that I can do prayer, it. Do you, do yeah, you we can do the serenity prayer. Um, no, right there. Okay. Um, 
And so then I go Can you straight. Quote it? quote it. I can't quote it. Okay, read it. God grant me the serenity you can cheat to accept the, the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the and the courage or the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. So do you say those exact words or uh, or something similar? No, I say something similar. Like if I'm really struggling and I I my mind just is like going blank and I'm like really overwhelmed with my like thoughts in my head, then I'll go to something that I can just read. But then that's like usually the next thing I do after I pray, then I go to the Al-Anon daily and that is, um, I really should be more prepared. So that one is called courage to change. And that's just like a little daily reader that I read out of. That's the one you post on. Um, yeah. So that's like the one on my Instagram that I'm, I'm just, I'm just reposting. I got your Hawaiian water. Oh, you're so sweet, Brad. I even, I brought you some things to drink too. I'll take one of those to go. I got a long day today. I know. Well, then you can refill on your caffeine in a minute. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I read that, and um, it just so happens that, I mean, most people that are in a recovery program with a ton of people, like, we're on a big thread together. So there's, like, about 30 women, a couple men in there that are on this thread, and we throw the dailies out there. And um, there's another book, too, that's an Al-Anon Works Daily. And so okay. there's two things that get sent on that text thread, and then other people – They'll, they'll post like, you know, like a great quote or whatever. So I just read that. Those are, those are usually posted at by 6 a.m. in the morning. So you've developed a recovery community yeah. through technology on your phone yeah. and a group text. Yeah, group text. You have a meeting you go to or mm-hmm. you host. Every Thursday. And that's a Zoom. Yep. Um, and in person. But if you don't live here, you can totally join the Zoom, which is awesome. And there are, I think, I mean, if you look online, there are Zoom ones still. Yeah. Because of COVID. That's kind of a mm-hmm. good thing is some of them. Yeah, some of them actually never went back to in-person as far as like actual Al-Anon meetings go. Do you feel, uh, I mean, there's a difference, but like is one, how is one better than the other? I don't know. I think that's the thing is like you kind of just have to like go and feel it out. And if you're not feeling comfortable, like same thing as picking a sponsor. Like I think sometimes if you're like listening in meetings because there's always a sharing portion, you can kind of like pick up like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm really connecting with what she's saying. And that's kind of like how you pick your sponsor. And then you can pray about it or whatever you want to do and then ask them if they'll sponsor you. And then, and that's a mutually, so it's a mutually agreed upon thing. Yeah. So like, hey, I connect. So like after a meeting yeah. is when you should not just bounce and walk out. Right. It's like time Stick to like around and talk, talk to people and go up and, and say, hey, yeah. I really connected with it, with what you shared. Yeah. Um, here's my situation. Hopefully you shared. Yeah. In, in the meeting. Yeah. And closed mouths don't get fed. Um, and then that's the question of sponsor. Yeah. Couldn't you sponsor me? Yeah. Um, And honestly, and and, and I've heard the conversation, I've heard the, I've eavesdropped on those conversations and I've heard sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm pretty busy right now. Like I've got too much on my plate, but I know a person. Let me introduce you to them next week. Yeah. And, or maybe in the meeting or things like that. And even like the girls that I sponsor, they know like. I'm like, uh, if I'm not responding to that text right away, just question it, exclamation mark the text, and I'll get back to it. You know, like, everybody's on their own time. It's not saying, like, hey, as I'm a sponsor, I'm going to just, like, you know, drop everything for whatever you need. It's it's basically, like, just someone that has been in your in your place and has worked the steps and kind of has maybe, like, a little more wisdom than you do. Well, I think the power of that is, again, if you went to my wife and expressed uh, – Whatever you're struggling with, yeah, she be she be overwhelmed. Like, okay, okay. how do I help? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Right. What, I don't know what to say. Yeah, what do I do? And then the worry, and then she may go ask someone else. So yeah. this is like the gossip, right? Right. Go to someone. This has happened. 
to, to many people over and over like, hey, I want to help so-and-so. And they go to someone else say, hey, how would you help this person? Totally. And then someone gets around like, oh, you're talking bad about me. Yeah. Well, and I think um, too, where, it's like. Where it's a safe, in a recovery community like that, it's, it's a, it's. It is a, it is a safe place. And I do feel like there is like certain people that you, I don't want to say burden, but it's like, it's a lot to unload some, like if some serious things are happening and you're not like some therapist that that's like, that could be a lot for the other person that might stress them out mm -hmm. that might overwhelm them. And so that's the whole point of Al-Anon is that this program helps you figure out how you can help yourself. Like that's, that's basically it's, what it's, it is. It's not showing you how to fix no. that other person. Yeah, no, it's like, and your sponsor is kind of more like a sounding board. It's not, that person's not telling you what to do. In fact, they're not supposed to tell you what to do. Like they, you're never they, they supposed may, to give they, it. they share what yes. they've done. Yeah, Here's exactly. what I've done. Yeah. Here's what worked for me. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so like, that's why for me, when I actually got really honest with this last time when I was just like, I, I, I just, I got to this point where I was like, I can't live like this. This is not healthy. And when I started working with my sponsor and I redid my fourth step, which is taking my inventory, that was honestly this last time that was like life changing for me because I, she pointed out so many patterns that I had never even put together before. And I mean, this is like, this is like stuff that, that happened way before I met Jay. And so for me, that's like where the healing really took place. And I realized that I actually didn't really heal. Like the first time I didn't really heal. And so that's why this last year has been so like monumental for me because but, I think. But I would argue you did. You just had more to do. Uh, yeah, I think I think I did exactly like what God had for me to do at, at that time. Like, I don't think I was ready. I don't think I wanted to, to be honest. I don't think I really wanted to heal. I kind of still wanted to be like this is my story is so tragic. Like I can't, you know, like not look at me, but kind of in a weird way. Okay. Like, whereas like, yeah, this is our story. Like my husband's addicted and you know, I had this crazy thing and we split up cause it was, it was kind of gnarly. I was like pregnant, you know? And so I think the more I kept telling myself that story, the more I was just stuck in that story. Okay. So I was like, Oh my, my husband's an addict. He's always going to be an addict. This sucks. You know, kind even, of a thing. Even two, uh, even year, in year ago. Yeah. Even in, in phases of recovery. So me knowing you like that, yeah. I, that's enlightening to me. Right. And, and it was enlightening to me too, okay. because I literally thought that I was like, good. That's why I didn't want to redo my steps. But then when I started to heal more, I realized that I think my resentments came back so f like heavily as, as you're doing the steps. Yeah. Like, no, I'm saying like when I started having like really oh. gnarly resentments, okay. like when Jay, after his surgery, mm -hmm. like I realized that there was like a lot of stuff that I just didn't deal with before. And so then it was just like all piling up and piling up until it, that's why I got to that place where I was like, I can't live like this anymore. It was just like all consuming in my head. Do you think that's similar to like a relapse where when, yes. when, someone relapses it comes on twice like it's twice as bigger bad. Yeah. it's like well because then you then you're shaming yourself you're like oh man why can't i just let this go why am i letting this still affect me why you know what i mean and so i think that's like the shame cycle too for like alcoholics or an, an addict you know like when they if they have a relapse or whatever it's like oh man i'm a piece of crap and i don't know how i'm gonna like how can i tell people this i think that's why it was so hard for jay too because i think at that point you know, I think we were both feeling crappy. It was like, 
he knew he wasn't really working a program. And even this was like six months ago, he still wasn't working a program from that time period, like all the way, like almost two years. Did you, uh, the, the natural person of me goes to, if I was in that, those shoes of you, I'd be like flaunting, like I'm doing my steps. <laughs> you know, were you, were you doing, no. were you tempted to do that? So it this is, this is why I know Alan on works yeah. was because this is, this is what changed everything for me. And I wrote this in my Instagram post, like a, like a couple weeks ago at the time when I was like, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, I hate that he's on pills. Like I was just like, do I try to control them? And then I would. And then of course he would get pissed because then he would be in pain and it hadn't been four hours. Like, you know, it's just one of those stupid cycles. You're just like, okay. And then I called Gary, a guy that has been in AA and Al-Anon for like 25 years. And he actually reached out to me. I think he knew I was struggling because he comes to Al-Anon. He comes to like our meetings and he's amazing. And we were talking on the phone and I was just kind of like spilling my heart out. And he was like, he literally was like, it's none of your business. How many pills Jay is taking? I'm like, what are you saying? And he's like, it's none of your business. And I'm like, it's all my business. Like, this is how our family like thrives. This is how we make money is like him being healthy and him being in a good headspace. And, and he's like, it's none of your business. You got to let it go. And I was like, I literally got off the phone. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Like it's none of my business. And that's when I really, I don't know. I, I might've detached a little too much from Jay, but that's when I really detached from him in the sense that I was like, you got to do you. And I got to do me at this point. Like, I can't worry about if you're going to relapse. I can't worry about if this is going to like send us over the edge, if this is going to take us to divorce, if this is, you know, like I just couldn't worry about that. And that's, and that's basically what Alan on is saying. It's like, Hey, there comes a point when you have to take care of yourself and you have to let the addict have the consequences of what their behavior is. And that's, say that, say that again. So Al-Anon is you have to take care of yourself and you can't, you can't care like what the, the alcoholic, the addict is doing their consequences of their behavior has to happen. And that's when you let go of the control. When you, when you try to stop like nitpicking at them or you try to like, you know, hide their alcohol, count their pills, whatever you're doing to control the situation. You got to let it all go because they say this all the time. Like Jay's going to do what Jay's going to do. Your alcoholic is going to do what he's going to want to do. So you have to take care of yourself and let their consequences, like help them be the catalyst to like get them in recovery. So, but, but Jay had mentioned, I can't remember which one last time about, he credited you working your program so diligently of what got him back on track. Oh, so see, I didn't even know. Um, you didn't listen to that part. That, uh, that stuck no, out to I, me. There I was <laughs> like, cause, cause, cause I knew again, I'm outsider looking in, like there's a yeah. lot of extra posts from Lexi. Uh, and so I was, I'm, you know, yeah. I don't want to pry, but I was no. curious. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a, a not just one thing, but he credits that. Yeah. The fact that you've been so, diligent in recovery and keeping your, you know, your, your side, side of the, of the street, street clean. clean. Yeah. That kind of like, he couldn't use you as an excuse. Well, and the detachment with love is hard. And I think this is, this is like where I, this is like where I kind of came into my own power was because yeah, 10 years ago when I said I hated him, I actually really meant it. Like I didn't want anything to do with him, but now we have these four kids and yeah, these resentments are getting to the point where I'm feeling like that again. And I think that's why it scared me so much. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, I, I did have to detach from his behavior 
And I think... Did you voice that you were going to do that? Mm -mm. No announcement? No. It was just a... It was just like, I just started doing my program. Like, I was like constantly calling my sponsor. There was times when I was feeling super overwhelmed. I would just give her a call and then I'd be like, oh yeah, one thing at a time. Like, your mind wants to go to these like catastrophic events. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, when you have something like this happen, it is like, oh, he's going to die or we're going to get a divorce or we're going to separate or this is... Or he's going to go off the deep end. Like, your mind wants to go to these like... Yeah, I guess self-sabotaging. Just like, worry. Like, yeah. yeah. And so you really just have to take it one day at a time. And by working my program, I just detached from what his behavior was. And I just kind of really didn't feed into it. And yeah, obviously there were times when I wanted to talk to him about, you know, him talking to his sponsor and blah, blah, blah. But like Gary would always remind me, like if he wanted to talk to his sponsor, he would call his sponsor. Like, there's no need for you to like, hey, are you going to meetings, honey? You know what I mean? Because at that point, he kind of wasn't. He he really did take, like, when I listened to his podcast, like, he was really honest. Like, he really did take a step back from um, recovery in general, like, even ARP. Like, he wasn't really going. And so, at that point, I was like, you know what? I've, I'm created a life with this person, and I have to see him. And that's, and that's the cool thing Al-Anon kind of helped me with is, like, strip the addiction away from this person, that's not who he is. And even for me too, like I'm not my past. I'm not my, I'm not this, you know, like I guess you could say jellyfish of a person. Like he would always make comments about that. Like, oh, you don't have a spine. Cause I would never like speak my opinion. I would never say my truth because I was always so scared of like what his rebound comment would be that I just didn't want to hear it. So I would just never say it. But then slowly I started to incorporate these boundaries. Like, hey, you can't talk to me that way. You know what I mean? So like slowly I started shifting and it was like kind of like. And that's a change in relationship? Yeah, because okay. he didn't really know how to handle that at first. Because I, his mom, like everybody has always catered to him. He's an only child. And I think that's why when I told him I hated him, it was such a big thing because all of his girlfriends before him were like so obsessed with him. And I was like, I'm not obsessed with you. I don't want to live this way. You know, and I think he was just kind of like mind blown, like, whoa, you're not just going to like, I, yeah, I can't just keep punching you and you're just going to take it, you know, so figuratively speaking. Yeah, no, no, he never like physically hit me, but yeah. So, so anyway, so when I started like kind of sticking up for myself, I think he was just like kind of taken back. Like I just got to this point where I was like, I'm, I just can't care. Like if you're going to not like what I'm going to say, you know? And so that's kind of like where things really change for us as like a marriage and relationship. Is there, or have you drawn a line in the sand that this is where the, um, this line gets crossed? I mean, I definitely think he knows that I will never go back to like how things were, but there was a point I would say like, so I started, I was trying to think, I started doing my steps over again, I think in like February of last year. And I, I remember writing him a letter in like March or May, like a month or two after. Cause if, if you know me, it seems like I would have no problem, like just being who I am and like saying how I feel, but that's like so hard for me. Like, I mean, I physically get like ill sometimes when I like have to like say something really important. Like my mind gets jumbled up. Like, I don't know how to say it. Pretty normal. I think for most, most people, most normal people that way. And then there's just like, to me, I don't want to have this conversation. Especially as a guy, like feelings, I just like bottled. Yeah, totally. So do I. That's why Jay calls me the ice queen. (laughs) I'm like, I will not feel like I'm in this ice box. But 
I feel now and it's awesome. And he knows it. And I think, I think that's a thing too, that I, I wasn't letting him experience, right. Cause I, I was constantly walking on eggshells. I wasn't giving him the opportunity to be there for me emotionally. Cause I wouldn't let him in. And that was, that was a huge, that was a huge wake up call for me knowing that that was like a really big part of our marriage. That was like a big problem that I just, he felt that subconsciously. And so it just kind of like drove a wedge in us, you know, and I'm still working on it. It's still really hard for me. Like I can still be really icy, not to just him, but my kids too. Like there's this part of me that wants to not feel right because I'm scared of getting hurt. And also I think when I've done my Al-Anon, it's like, you have to really also take in effect, like where you come from, like generationally, like what were your parents like? And so I think for me and Jay, like what's making the biggest difference this last time, like with where we are at in our recoveries um, separately, independently, is that like we're actually like working on our healing of like past traumas, like prior to even getting married. Like what was it that like kind of got us into these like bad behavior character defects, I guess you can call them. So we call them in the program character defects. Okay. And so like you know, my parents growing up, like they didn't talk about stuff. Like we didn't talk about our feelings. And I, and I'm saying this, like, I know my parents will watch this podcast. And like, I've talked to my mom about this a lot. And we've had many conversations about, you know, like, I think she just didn't speak very much. And my dad just kind of did his thing. And he was kind of allowed to do whatever he wanted to do. And then my mom would kind of like, yeah, have resentments inside, but like not be happy with that. He was just in the garage for like ever and not like hanging out with us. And then, you know, like I, that's what I saw. And then on Jay's side, like he, he was raised by all women. So they kind of catered to everything that he needed. So us two coming together, it was just like, you know, and so I think to understand who you are and like where you come from, from like who your parents are, and not even like being, it's not even like one of those things where I'm like, I can't believe my parents did that. I'm like, dude, they were just doing the best they could. Just understanding the perspective. Yeah. Like they, they were coming from households where like both of their dads died when they were 14. They didn't talk about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. They were just like, okay, this sucks, but we're just going to move forward. And I think that's kind of like where my personality comes from. It's like, this is hard, but let's not talk about it. We're just going to like plow through. But you have to understand, if you are one of those people, it will always come back. Like, it's always there. It's just kind of like a volcano. It's well, just it's like actually the, growing. It's like the hope that it just goes away. <laughs> yeah. It'll resolve itself. Totally. Because sometimes a lot of it does. So some, uh, some of uh, it. I, one thing that helped me a long time ago is like in business, like 80% of the things you worry about never come to fruition. Totally. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then I right, should the worry mind. about it. So I should worry about 80% less. Yes. There, there should be some worry. Totally. Some concern. Yeah. But not over. I, not. I, I'm saying more like maybe something that's holding you back from being like the best version of yourself. You know what I mean? And so I think for me, this um, this person that would kind of like, that's why I have this like tough bravado. Like I work out, I like to lift heavy, you know, Jump like those boxes. Yeah, like dude. Boxes. I like to like get, cause I'm just like, look how, look how strong and like awesome I am. Like I can do anything, but like inside I'm like this little girl being like, I'm not feeling, and I'm actually really sad inside. You know, so, so if I see you jumping like 10 boxes <laughs> up, I should go, How you feeling, don't get Max? me wrong. I still love to like work out you're and like kickboxing, right? And like you're hitting the thing. I'm yeah. like, are you doing all right? <laughs> I, it's that, that's, it's that tough exterior, right? It's like, I mean, I think, 
I think you can see that in like even a lot of men like, oh, they look so tough. They're probably really Driving sad inside. Truck. Yeah, totally. They're probably like really like bent up inside about something and something that they just need to heal and like let go of. And I think that was like a lot of what Alanon taught me. And that's what's so cool about this book. It's like, hey, figure these things out and feel them. Don't like block them out. If you're feeling something, feel it, but don't hold on to it. And I think that's where I just didn't understand like how to feel, but like let go. And, and so, I was so scared to feel. So reading and doing those steps with a sponsor yeah. helps you Friggin life changing. understand that. Yeah. It, it like little by little, you know, like it took, it's taken me this whole year and a half to like really, and even still, like, even still I get scared. I'm like, okay, like I need to tell this to Jay, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. And I still will write text messages. I'll still were like old school letters, like dear Jay, because it's just so hard for me, but it's the only way that I can like actually have like a train of thought and explain what I'm feeling. It's not just like, Hey, you suck or something like that. It's mm -hmm. like, Hey, this makes me feel this way. And I don't want to have this kind of marriage. Like that's what my letter was. And then it was like, when he read it, I, you know, cause Jay's a pretty reactive person. He's an emotional man. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes honestly, letters are better. And that could be okay for any relationship, like to know that like maybe there are people out there that are just a little more reactive, like it might be better for them to like read something and think about it. And that's what Al-Anon has like really helped me see too is because like- Because the response like- Oh, you, yeah. Well, like it takes you, because how do I respond to this? Yeah. Do I conversation, do I write back? Totally. Do I shoot a like text? Like in a conversation, you know, yeah. Jay can be kind of like he's very a very interrupter. And he's a really good communicator. He's like very good with his words and I'm not. So he'll be like spouting all this stuff to me. And then I just get so nervous and so confused inside that I don't know how to answer. So I just kind of don't say anything. And it makes me look like I don't have like opinion about it, but I do. I just don't know how to like perfectly say it the way he does, you know? So that has been helpful for me and I am getting better at like, speaking what I feel but like I'm still very much like a newborn at it like the other day we 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 got in this huge fight before church like we can laugh about it now but at the <laughs> time it was like really bad like we were literally in the car this was just like a couple of weeks ago and he's Are made you sure this, you're okay sharing this yeah okay no we've had conversations about it but okay. we he made like this comment to me that was like super hurtful and you know it's like pre-christmas it's stressful you're trying to get christmas together you're trying to do everything for your kids and your family and i just like literally lost it and i pulled into the church parking lot and i basically was like get the f in church and i'm gonna go home and i like left my whole family at church and i just like left right it wasn't it wasn't, I the didn't necessarily, van. everyone was in the, <laughs> the AT, AT van. van came in and I was like, everyone get out. I'm out of here. You know, I just like, but I, I don't really regret what I said to him, but I regret that I just didn't know how to say it without reacting. Basically like me and Jay's egos can, I think anybody in a relationship, right? It, it doesn't matter. I'm only saying from how I've learned, but like, I think people know you're, you know, neither of you are super timid. Like you're just gregarious people. Yeah. You're. <laughs> You're, you're not loud. Well, oh yeah. Sometimes you get loud. It's like fun, happy. It seems like happy go lucky. Totally. But there's also a serious side. Yeah. And so I think sometimes, you know, like we just, our egos, you suck saying I'm wrong. It sucks being like, Hey, I'm sorry. But that is like one thing that I feel like me and Jay have gotten way better at over the last like couple months is, or maybe even years, you know, that we're better at kind of recognizing like, 
where we hurt each other and just more apologize quicker instead of just like acting like it never happened. Yes, yeah. Like a lot of marriages, I feel like it's kind of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that because that's, we're just, and honestly, when it comes down to it, me and Jay pretty much don't agree on anything. <laughs> Like, we really don't. Like, I think we're so different. We like a lot of the same so music. So you like Chipotle and he And we it. like surfing. We love the beach and things like that. But, like, as far as everything else goes, like, we really don't, like, I don't know. I feel like we always are disagreeing. So a lot of the time we just have to be like, hey, is I that, feel this that way. Is on purpose? Like, sorry, Probably. is it like, uh, oh, you like red, so I'm going to go blue? No, you I think we're just, like, so just different. different. Okay. Yeah, we're so different. And so most of the time we just have to, like, agree to disagree. And that I think that's sense. okay. Yeah. Like, they hey, say you have attract. There you go. That's uh, right. Age old saying. It's like you just have to say, like, you think this way, I think this way, and we don't have to always see eye to eye. But I think as long as you can hear the other person, and maybe even validate what they're saying, but maybe not even agree with it, I think that's kind of like where we've come to terms with some of the things that are maybe bigger in our marriage that we like need to get past. But yeah, so it's been a pretty interesting i would say it's been a pretty interesting stressful last six months because it's it's just very new like this whole thing for me and him the last six months in particular yeah okay well because i think at at first too you know it was hard to have these conversations with him because he knew he wasn't in a good headspace because he wasn't really participating in recovery or anything spiritual Mm -hmm. and here i am I'm over here like meditating for like God to be like sitting with me and like he sees this like I do it in our backyard, you know, and so I think for me it was just like it was it was it was kind of putting a wedge between us because I just felt like we weren't connecting on like a spiritual level, which is actually what had brought us together in the first place. Like when me and Jay met like he was like he was like so gung ho spiritually. And so I think it was just hard because that's who you fell in love with. Yeah. And it was just like that part of us that that we could talk to. And then things started changing for both of us spiritually. Like, I feel like, um, meditation for me has, I don't know. Like, I think I just like look at God and Jesus Christ differently. And so like, I feel like spiritually we have changed and I think that's okay. But I think to not, we just weren't really talking about spiritual things together and I think that was driving an even bigger wedge in between you know the fact that like he and I was so into recovery and I mean I was bummed that he wasn't as into it but I had really let that go because I I disconnected you know from that well, when it, early days you guys would go to ARP together yeah um, and then COVID shutting down the Basically meetings kind of did that. that yeah um and we've actually talked about that, how we need so to get back to that. Do you think that would be beneficial to go oh, back to oh, every the, time it the is. traditional ARP meeting together? Yeah. And we do when we can. Like, I feel like... Schedule-wise now, it's yeah. much tougher. I feel like a couple months ago, we, we had a conversation where it was like, man, um, for some people, it really works for them to have like... Separate meetings. Separate, separate. And they like that. But I honestly feel like that's Brand why... Line. Oh. Is that me? My phone wasn't on airplane mode oh, again. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, I really feel like that's actually why our meeting got so big was because couples were coming together and it was like unifying marriages. It was unifying the family unit. It was amazing because you'd you'd see both sides. You'd see the uh, addict in and they could relate to the addict and then the loved one come in and like, I can relate to the loved one. And, and get a, gra- a little understanding right. from the other perspective. Like you could just see both sides of it. Totally. And we had a lot of couples. 
and I think sharing both sides of it in a very like kind of honest way. Yeah, raw. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like even a lot of wives will say, like, hey, I couldn't have compassion for my husband or my spouse. But like when I heard someone else talking about how hard their addiction was, for some reason it was Even if it wasn't the same addiction. Yeah. It was easier to have compassion and be like, Oh, this is hard. And then maybe slowly to have that compassion for their loved one. I think I think what happens is so much hurt can happen that it's just hard to like, like when you feel like you've been wrong so many times, you're like, man, I like feel like you're, I'm like your punching bag, you know? And so I feel like for spouses, it's kind of hard to have that compassion with their spouse. But I think over time it was growing. I think that's why it was so amazing. That meeting got so big, you know? So amazing. Well, let's, uh, let's end there and I'm going to, we're going to do another episode with you. And I want to ask, in the next episode about that because you were talking about this compassion yeah understanding mm-hmm. but then you also spoke about like emotionally detaching mm-hmm. and work on your recovery yeah. and h- how those go hand in hand yes like those are completely different things yes, like it is. like you can completely understand and have the compassion and understand which could lead to okay whatever you need what do you want to do this right. and catering yeah or the other extreme of like i'm i'm working my own program yeah, and i don't care how many pills or drinks yeah. or what you're looking on your phone i'm not going to worry about that to like completely disconnection i have any empathy right so it's how, a fine line how do we mix those together boundaries. we're going to get into that next so we let's can talk, talk about boundaries the next episode on boundaries okay great all right lex thank you let's Thanks, see if Brad. is there an outro let's see that What's the outro? We can make one up. Should we start rapping? Oh. It's kind of like an Elsa thing. I like it. You've heard this song? No. Have it? No, who is it? Listen to these lyrics as we go out. Okay. Make that up a little bit. Are these 21 pilots? AJR. Oh.